What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Pace the Nation, broadcasting here at Studio 1A in downtown Clarendon. I'm your host, Chris Farley. Back for episode 56, alongside me, as always, to my right, is Joanna E. Russo. Joanna, what's up? Well, I guess it's summer now. It, it, it's, it's quickly turned from, you know, like a rainforest to uh, the dead heat of summer. Mm-hmm. Already. Yeah, I know you're disappointed. I know you enjoyed the, the everyday rain, but... Yeah, we went from a rainforest to a swamp. <laughs> I know. Uh, also, to my left here is our other co-host. It's William E. Docs. Docs, what's up? Let's just hurry up and get this over with. <laughs> what, the summer or the show? Both. <laughs> Both. Yeah. You're not, you're not a summer guy either? I don't have I don't have any shorts. <laughs> He's not a shorts guy. He's not a... It's not specific to long shorts. Mm-hmm. I have running shorts, but I don't have. I don't wear shorts. Okay. See, this is good. We're getting into some personal stuff here. He doesn't wear shorts. Why? Why so anti-shorts? Move on. <laughs> you, you. I mean, you're you're a runner. Uh, what do you mm-hmm. got? You got. You got probably. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I'm not checking out his legs, but I assume he's got nice legs. He's been a runner all his life. You're weird. <laughs> <laughs> so he's no shorts. Not long shorts. Not short shorts. Do you run with shorts during the summer, or you do pants? Just, this is I'm not like Winnie the Pooh here. <laughs> I wear jeans all the time. Okay. Well, he does run in shorts, I, I assume. I just said I have running shorts. Okay, just running shorts. Well, it is hot. We're going to talk about the heat a little bit here. We're going to talk about our running as it as related to the heat. Uh, that'll be in today's big show, uh, big program to get to today. Also, um, Joanna's got an announcement. It's has to do with the internet and social media. We'll let her get to that in a little bit here. Uh, also, big guest today, uh, Jerry Alexander, the head coach of the Georgetown Running Club, which, of course, is sponsored by Pacers Running and New Balance. He'll be in studio to talk about his program that he that he leads and that we are so excited to be a, a part of. Uh, and then a, a big in the news uh, segment today as well. Uh, I've got a, a local running legend who passed away this past week. Uh, a marathon that was canceled just 10 days out uh, from the marathon happening and also uh, a guy I want to grow up to be like. So there's there's your tease for In the News. Wow. It's so, a healthy In the News yeah, segment. Uh, like I said, it is it is a big show. Pace the Nation does not disappoint. Uh, but I wanted to f- first get to your uh, announcement. Yeah. Sorry, Kevin King. I don't mean to steal your thunder, but mm-hmm. I'm also going to take a social media hiatus this summer. Wow. Which isn't a huge deal because I'm not on Facebook to begin with. Right. It's basically just Twitter and Instagram. So no Twitter, no Instagram. Mm-hmm. Is it our, I mean, have you gone off already or can we get some last tweets or last no, Instagram? No, it's over. I deleted wow. them off my phone. It's over. Wow. Do you, Are you going to check the Pace the Nation Twitter account? Well, I get the emails. So yeah, I'll, re- I'll read them when they come to my email. How ironic that the person on the show <laughs> who does the tweets of the week is no longer on Twitter. I'll be reading them with fresh eyes. Okay. All right. Do you think when LeBron made his announcement, he, he got a handful of trail mix right before <laughs> no. he got on ESPN? No, I don't think so. Uh-huh. But LeBron does that same thing. Kevin King, Joanna Russo, and LeBron. Uh-huh. During important times of the year, they totally go dark in social media. I was just thinking, you know, like Joanna's about to tell us a story and she grabs a handful of, <laughs> right. of snacks yeah. and stuffs her mouth. Yeah. Well, I'm very hungry. That's a, that's a move reserved for me. <laughs> well, I, um, 
I appreciate what you're what you're doing, Joanna, because I, and I don't totally disagree. Although I I am on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or the three platforms I'm on, and I check them fairly frequently. But I, I have been more annoyed than usual uh, on uh, social media, and you know I have my social media do's and don'ts and my rules. Dang. This week in particular. A couple of things. Well, first off, the the woman with the Chewbacca mask. Oh, right, yeah. We got tweeted by, I think, Kevin King or somebody else tweeted us. And, of course, we've seen it. Everybody's seen it. But I saw it, and I was like, well, that's cool that she's excited. And I guess it's an authentic uh, sort of reaction. But I guess I was kind of bored by it. It took a long time. My, I hadn't seen it. My staff showed it to me, I think, on Tuesday. And uh, I was she's, like myself, I was like, oh, my God, this is so funny. You've had to have seen this. And I hadn't. And then I'm like watching this video and I'm like, OK, I don't get it. Like, what is so right. funny about this? Maybe you have to be into Star Wars and into Chewbacca. Yeah, no. but I like Star Wars. OK. All right. Docs. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's her laugh, I guess, is what people. Like. Yeah. Well, it was it, it was funny. It, it wasn't well edited. Um you're not in bad company. Liz Fair also didn't like it. Okay, but <laughs> That's good. Um, wouldn't I wouldn't hate on it though because it it is bringing joy or you know it is it's it's not like it's a negative thing. There's too much negative stuff on social media. Too much negative stuff on the internet. Yeah, there's there's nothing destructive about this video. If you want to break it down, I would say that that she should have had the foresight before she started recording. Maybe. Uh, undo all of the strings in the package so that the mask <laughs> comes out in right. less than two minutes. Right. I mean, you know, some of some of that production, but it was authentic and it was she was happy and it and it made other people happy, so it's not a bad thing. I guess I was bored and then annoyed that millions and millions of people and I, I don't I don't have any problem with her having her fifteen minutes of fame and going on the Today show or the I think Good Morning America or something. Whatever she went on. I have you no know, problem with you, that. You know an awful lot about this woman for, <laughs> for something that you're well, not I mean, really it's just, into. It just has been everywhere on social media, mm -hmm. and you can't get away from it. And I was... Yeah, but it's not negative. No, it's not negative. I just, I guess so I was... Put, keep, I would say reserve your, your negativity for, for other negative stuff. Okay. I, and I do have something else that I'm, I'm annoyed by, uh -huh. and I can, I can voice that. But okay. I just... It's social media related, but I just did not understand this four minute video. I was I was sitting there watching. Well, it could have been was, like I said, it could have been a two minute video. But, he, but who he, who am I to say? Even so, I I didn't think it was that funny or that people were like commenting like this has just made my day, and I was down and out, and this is what I needed in my time of need. Well, here here's my thing. My thing is that. There's just so much in the internet and so many videos like this that maybe are bringing people joy, and that's fine. But I feel like I'm spending too much time looking at things on Instagram or reading things on Twitter, and I have very funny friends that I like a lot, and why am I not spending time with them? Right. Like, why am I spending so much time looking at things that of people I don't know? Like, I have relationships I should be cultivating. Well, that's a different issue. It is. A, well, that's my issue yeah. with it. Yeah. Yeah. My issue is I was not entertained, and so many people were entertained, and I just didn't get it. Mm -hmm. So, so you're 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 lashing out on her because <laughs> yeah. because you feel excluded. <laughs> uh, <laughs> maybe some truth to that. 
But I, I don't know. Well, what else annoyed you on All right, social so media? So this is well, this has been out there for I'd say a few months, and it's been building and building. Have you guys heard of these tasty videos? No. Mm-mm. All right. This is really annoying that you guys don't know. So it annoys me that you guys don't know about it, but they're on the list, all the rage on Facebook and on the internet, and I just don't get it. It's basically a video in fast motion of people cooking different appetizers or main dishes or desserts, and they are going through the whole process of you know the ingredients, baking it, and then all fast forward in one minute, and then it shows some like tasty morsel at the end. Yeah, I mean, like I, I, I don't know where you're coming from here. You order like plain turkey sandwich with no, nothing else on it. You want white bread and piece yes. of turkey, and, and that's it. I like you lettuce have, and cheese. I like lettuce and cheese. You have no palate. Like I know six year olds that have a more advanced <laughs> palate than you. So of course this isn't attractive. This to you. is annoying that they're getting like three hundred. Uh, you know million views for the best uh the best dish out there it's a piece of meat put in a uh a roll <laughs> but that's like a hot dog but you know you like know? like my mom buys cookbooks just to read the recipes like she's into that stuff my buddy zach he reads cookbooks as well yeah. my aunt does that I, okay. I know other people that are like that that will read cookbooks like you read tom sawyer <laughs> like <laughs> but this piece of steak that was put on the grill and then put in a a uh, a roll. Uh-huh. It's basically a hot dog that got. It's a pretty innovative hot dog, though. <laughs> they got it's thirty million views. This uh, this so I've, I've it's called like... steak stuff garlic bread. To me, that's a hot dog. Well, hot, the things in <laughs> hot dogs are way different. Yeah, but I mean, is the what's well, it... a piece of meat in a bread? I mean, that's... again, you have no palate. <laughs> you is, you, is you hot... have no standing to be be complaining about yeah is it because you don't find the food appetizing that's in the video i mean it looks it looks good i mean i i would probably eat it but but you know (laughs) but if you're talking about like uh uh like a filet mignon in a baguette with uh seasoning and sauces and and a garnish and you're comparing that to an oscar meyer with (laughs) with some heinz ketchup on it and that's it's crazy well i'm just telling you to me it's annoying it's annoying that these these videos are getting all these shares. Why? And it I don't know. It's just it's it's a dumb video of somebody cooking something and their people are spending their lives watching this video online. I read a study once actually that if people are hungry if they look at pictures or videos of what they're craving, then they lose their craving. Do, okay, well. So maybe I, these are helping people diet. No, I think that they're trying to sell this hot dog. I don't know if that's true. Also, you should never go to the grocery store when you're hungry. Oh, definitely. I made that mistake way too many times. Yeah, it's not a lesson that can be learned. Mm-mm. It's it's a it's a known fact, but it's not a followed fact. No, and I always I have to walk like a mile home from the grocery store too, and I always go when I'm hungry, and I didn't bring my reusable bags. Well, you make a lot of grocery mistakes. I do. <laughs> and and you go when uh, when it's social time at the grocery store. I know. Store. Yeah. yeah. She does. You're the worst shopper ever. <laughs> well, I'm not going to watch any of these, so don't send me any of these. I, I don't want to see garlic bread meatball sliders. Why do I feel like his inbox is suddenly going to be flooded with yeah. these? Uh, tuna, uh, bluefin luxury tuna. 
That I don't even know what that is, that is. Uh, chocolate almond braided bread. Yeah, I mean, one of those was not a word. <laughs> chocolate almond braided bread. That's a word. All right. I, I, I just, you know, I don't need to see uh, somebody cooking it in fast motion. And I, I just don't understand it. So uh, you, you let us know uh, at, at Pace the Nation. Do you enjoy these tasty videos? I'm surprised my two co-hosts didn't even know what they were. Maybe it's time for me to get off social media, too. I would think so. That's probably a good indicator. Just cleanse the palate a little bit. All right. Well, we're going to turn this show around. It's going to be a more positive show. Here. Yeah. Optimism. It's going to be optimism for the rest of the way. And uh, good next, luck. And next <laughs> we're going to hear from a very positive guy. Uh, he's the head coach of the Georgetown Running Club. Uh, he's going to talk about. All things that uh, the club's doing, including their Father's Day 8K coming up here, uh, their new sponsorship with Pacers Running and New Balance, and some great things that the Georgetown Running Club is a part of here this summer and, and beyond. It's going to be Jerry Alexander up next here on Pace the Nation. All right, welcome back to the program, and now excited to be joined by the head coach of the Georgetown Running Club, which, of course, guys, is sponsored by Pacers Running and New Balance. It's Jerry Alexander. Jerry, how are you? Good. Glad to be here. Thanks for coming by. Um, so we are super excited at Pacers Running to have you on board and part of the family. Joanna's been doing a fantastic job. Has Jerry been easy to work with, Joanna? Yes, definitely. Yes? Has Joanna been easy to work with, Jerry? Yes. Okay. Yes. So just... Behind the scenes, Joanna yeah, is, way our to put li- us on the spot. is our li- liaison for uh, the, the the racing team, and she makes sure that all the athletes get uh, the footwear, the uniforms, and whatever else they need. Uh, so have you been doing that job pretty well? Well, I mean, they're well? wearing New Balance Air races, yeah, so that's true. I think that's so. True. No, our sponsors are very happy. Our sponsors are actually thrilled, Jerry, that, uh, that your team is on board and, and part of the New Balance and Pacers running family. So... How long ago did you start with GRC? So I started in the fall of 2010. Okay. Uh, and from there, we've really ratcheted things up pretty quickly uh, to the point where we were on the radar for Pacers to reach out to us. So that was, uh, that was a big milestone for us. And I'll tell you that we're extremely excited to be part of the family. Awesome, man. Well, how, how big was the team when you took over in 2010? Uh, there was no women's team at all. Huh. And we had maybe... 10 guys. Wow. It was, it was quite a loose confederation. And then compared with today, what's what's about the team size today? So now maybe 25, 30 women, 40 guys, something like that. Wow. Astronomical growth. That is huge. That's awesome. So it's not easy to get that many runners, especially the quality of runners that you have. Are you on the recruiting trail? Like, How does that work? How do you find these people? There was some active recruiting going on when I started. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at this point, pretty much people come to us. Really? Yeah. It's If I see someone that uh, jumps out at me, I'm not above reaching out to them first. Uh, but frankly, it's a pretty passive process at this point from my end because the word is out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you're a post-collegiate athlete coming to Washington that wants to run but isn't a professional runner, we're the place to be. So take us through, so you're, you're a coach, but you also have a full-time job. Like, take us through, like, what your week looks like as a coach, work, family, kid, 
like all that stuff going on. Yeah, I've got it all. It's busy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, my regular job, uh, obviously that pays the bills, mm-hmm. uh, and I take that seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, the coaching is what I do for my passion. Um, so we have practice, uh, GRC practice Wednesday nights and then Saturdays, and there's all sorts of workout writing and emailing and hand-holding and all that that mm-hmm. goes on seven days a week. And so you're an attorney. You work downtown? Yes. All right. So your attorney works downtown. Uh, and, and if anybody noticed, uh, we are lawyering up <laughs> at Pace the Nation. Right, we are. So now you're the official attorney attorney of, of Pace. Yeah. Do, we sometimes play like songs on this show. Like we, we played a Justin Timberlake song last week. Let's say Justin Timberlake's group comes after us and sues us. Could you represent us in that case? No, I could not. So that's unfortunately not his uh, line of work. So maybe he'll be an attorney for us, but maybe we need to keep our eyes open. Yeah, what kind of law do you practice? Uh, I work for the U.S. Department of Justice in the Civil Division. Okay. Wow. So so that sounds like a serious job. Wow. Uh, So, but but the flexibility, you must have flexibility because I know you go to races frequently, even sometimes you're at weekday races, right? Right. It's the kind of job where you get your work done and, and uh, you know, I have lots of leave saved up. And right. that's how I spend my leave is going to races. Yeah. So, like, last week uh, you went to I, – I want, I want to take us through, like, a specific meet. You went to the Swarthmore Invitational. Uh, Swarthmore. Swarthmore Invitational. <laughs> we had uh, – you had how many athletes run there and how well did they do? Uh, we had seven or eight athletes that were up there. Uh, it wasn't our best night of the year, but we certainly had some good performances. Mm-hmm. Um, the highlight of that one was we had one of our developmental guys, Stuart Reich, who he started two years ago right out of college. His PR for 5,000 was 1550, something like that. And on Monday night at Swarthmore, he ran 1439. Wow. So that's the kind of improvement that we're looking for from from those younger guys. So Stuart is, uh, you know, kind of um, a really Obviously, a good local athlete, you know, under 15 minutes is, is a really fast time. But you have athletes that are even faster than that and trying to qualify or have qualified for the Olympic trials and the, the things of that sort. Right, right. Uh, Stuart's wife is actually uh, a great story. So her name is Stephanie, mm-hmm. um, and she's what I would call uh, one of our uh, reclamation projects where mm-hmm. Stephanie, she's also young. She was an excellent high school runner several times state champion in Maryland. They're both from Frederick, Maryland. She went off to college and had a really poor college career, not Mm -hmm. to sugarcoat it. Her college career was not good at all. Uh, A year later with us, she has run amazing breakthroughs to the point where she's a shoe in for the Olympic trials in 2020 in the marathon and possibly on the track in the 10,000. Wow. Huge. Yeah, that is. Um, So you guys are kind of in the middle of track season. We talked to Karen and uh, O'Connor on the show, you know, back when when he just ran the the marathon trials. He's obviously one of your athletes. But on the track, doing great things. Pin relays. You you got people who are hoping to to qualify for the uh, Olympic trials. Um, I saw a picture of you with a couple people at pin relays on the podium stand. Who were, who were those athletes? So that was Stephanie. She won the Olympic development 10,000 meters. Uh, and the other was Francis Loeb, another one of our young athletes who won the Olympic development 5,000 meters. So that's three years in a row now that we've had an athlete win an Olympic development event at pen relays. 
And this year we had two. We liked it so much we decided to do it twice. Wow, that's awesome. And we had two this year, so that was great. So you're a longtime coach. Um, you were a coach at the University of District of Columbia. What are other what other coaching experience did you have before GRC? Well, so when I was in law school, I was a graduate assistant coach. I kind of got out of the coaching game once I graduated uh, and was practicing law for a few years. I got the job at University of District of Columbia, uh, which to say that was a forlorn program when I got there would be a gross understatement. Uh-huh. Uh, we, we got things going in the right direction, but unfortunately there were some financial issues with the athletic department over there. If you remember the mid-90s, yep. there was a budget crunch in D.C. One thing led to another, and I went over to American University and was an assistant over there for several years. With Coach Sensuitz. With Coach Sensuitz, yeah. Episode yes. 7. Yeah, that's right. And then and then that led you to uh, the, the, the GRC? Yeah, so I after I left American, I got into the post-collegiate, i.e. adult running coaching business, and that led, so I'm the coach at Northern Virginia Running Club, Mm-hmm. which is an open team, but we've had some very good athletes there over the years, and that led directly to the GRC. So GRC's growth is really not a huge surprise then because you were doing recruiting at American, right? <laughs> right. So you, oh, have, yeah. you have a lot of experience yeah. recruiting. Yeah, I, recruiting was my thing at American, and you know that, that's another story where we went from basically a glorified Division three level program to a national caliber Division one program over the course of several years. Obviously, Coach Centrowitz gets the credit for that, um, but I did the recruiting, right. you know, all the big guns that came in during that time were people that I recruited. So that's something, you know, I'm a lawyer. I'm trained to talk right. <laughs> to persuade people to do things that's that right. they don't want to do. Uh, and that certainly came in handy when I was recruiting at American. All right. Why don't you try to recruit Joanna to uh, American <laughs> University? I think someone already did, didn't they? Yeah, she already did. Yeah. yeah. Just, we just want to hear your chops, you know. We want to, like... You want to hear what is... Uh, yeah, I want to hear your pitch. Re- recruiting pitch is. Yeah. Well, it's... You know, when you when you talk about uh, lawyering up a case, so w- what lawyers do is they take the facts as they are and try to spin them into something that's more appealing than maybe it would be uh, without the right. lawyer's touch on it. So when I got to American, and the program was really just no good at all. So the pitch is to some blue chip kid is to say, hey, you come in here. We're going to build the program around you. You're going to be our bell cow. You're going to get all the attention. You're going to be the one that puts us on the map. And that a lot of kids don't want to hear that. Kids want to go into an established program. But there were one or two who did, mm-hmm. who, who bought it. And then once we get the thing going, then, you know, you take that reality and you can't say anymore, well, we're going to build the program around you. We've already got our star. So now we need to say you're going to be the complimentary player. You're going to help us go to the next level. The two of you together are going to be a great team. It, it always evolves. You know, it's not a static recruiting pitch, and so you have to cater the pitch to, you know, you, you don't lie. Obviously, you don't want to tell a kid something that's not true. That's not going to work. I mean, right. you, might, you might get the kid that way, but then they show up and find out it's not what you told them was going to be. That's no good for anybody. So, and obviously, as a lawyer, you never lie to the court. Right. <laughs> you take, you know, what the facts are, and, and you, I don't want to say manipulate them, but you, you make Present the, them in a favorable manner. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. All right, so what's your pitch for Joanna? Well, I would clearly add depth to a team. I'm not the <laughs> star. Right. Yeah, she's going to be a complimentary piece, Doc. Yeah, Joanna, I get to be a part of something. Joanna, you're welcome to join the team if you like. <laughs> <laughs> Which is basically every team I've been on. 
I, I was convinced. I'm ready to go. I don't. I'm not sure any of us will be the bell cow, but we will uh, be complimentary pieces for sure. Uh, you can find uh, the the Georgetown Running Club. It's grcrunning.com. Uh, a lot of cool information there, including like top five records of all time for all sorts of distances, from the track to the road races to the marathon, all that. Also, um, kind of on a serious note, you have uh, a memorandum of, of a couple athletes. Can you talk to us about Nino Breckelman's and Lauren Woodall Rohde? Uh Yeah, well, that's really um, – it, it's actually it's kind of hard to talk about, but I'm, I'm happy to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, starting with Lauren. Um, so I, I don't want to get too morbid about it. Sure. Uh, but the story, as, as horrible as it is, is that we were – the whole team was at – clubs cross country in lexington kentucky and i guess it was 2012 and she was struck and killed by a fire truck Mm. the after the race was over we were all out in a bar and she was her parents were in town uh she had dinner with them and she was walking over to the bar where we all were when this tragedy occurred and and so and it wasn't her drinking or anything. It no, was just no. it was just no. her walking and no. following the rules and everything. Yeah. Mm. No, it was the you know this is a case that you know it settled right away. I mean, there was an investigation. Yeah. You're talking about a municipal vehicle that was right. not on call um, that struck her. It was negligence by the driver, and you know the, this first year law student would have won that case. I mean, right. it was just clear negligence, um, which doesn't make it any less tragic from our perspective. But you have to picture we had. We had a big group there. We had a, you know, we had a full bus, 35, 40 people. Mm. And, you know, this just shocking tragedy occurs. We don't know. We, we just don't know how to deal with it. I mean, it, right. it was just utterly shocking. Yeah, you're there for and, a, a race and a yeah. celebration and having fun and everybody. Yeah, yeah. And, and all of a sudden it just went from mm. celebration to just utter tragedy. And then we have a 10-hour ri- bus ride back the next day. Uh, and I can tell you there's a lot of team bonding that went on mm-hmm. on that trip. And that was really um, sort of a pivotal moment uh, for the team that we we really all came together over that just incredible tragedy. Uh, and since then, I've really dedicated ourselves to making the team the best that it can be. We're, you know, we're extremely close as a team and, and we're really motivated to honor Lauren's memory uh, in everything that we do. And so that's part of, if you see on our uniforms, yep. we have the insignias, uh, Lauren's initials, and now, tragically, uh, Nina, who died this past summer, probably probably exactly a year ago or so. Yeah, it was June, June 3rd uh, uh, last year. Yeah. Um, in a house fire on DuPont Circle. And again, just incredibly tragic story. She had just graduated with a master's from Georgetown. She was going to go off to Jordan on a Fulbright scholarship a couple of weeks before she died mm. or a couple of weeks after she died, right. she would have left. Um, and again, just a, just horrendous tragedy, just a, a woman so full of potential. Um, just, and, and I didn't say anything about Lauren. Uh, you know, Lauren was an amazing person, mm-hmm. truly an amazing person. Uh, so she was someone that I literally spotted her at the track. We were doing a workout one Wednesday night and I see this woman out there doing something on her own and, you know, I'm sort of surreptitiously timing her, and I could see there was something there, but she was very raw. Um, and she could see there was a practice going on, and she's kind of wondering, what you know, what what's this? And I 
kind of pulled her aside. I'm not shy. Uh, and told her, hey, before you leave, I want to talk to you. And, you know, we had a little chat, and I told her, you know, if she's interested, she could try it for the team. She was an utter beginner. This was maybe in March of 2012. Uh, complete beginner. And by that fall, she was one of our top girls, and she clearly had the potential to qualify for the Olympic trials in the marathon. There was no question about it. Uh, she went from, I don't remember what her PR was when she started, but it wasn't fast. I mean, she she was not someone that on paper would have made the team, but I could see there was some potential in her. And she ran a 122 half marathon wow. at the Navy half. And, and this is a great story. I'll tell you all you need to know about Lauren. So uh, the woman that uh, she was running against, she had a step-for-step duel with a woman named Shannon Miller, who I think maybe was sponsored by Pacers. Yeah, for she worked for Pacers for a while. Uh, I remember that, yeah. So th- she was good. Shannon was right. a good runner. Yeah. Uh, and Lauren was step for step with her the whole way. And with like 100 to go, Shannon turned on the, the gas, and, and Lauren couldn't go with her, and so she lost by, you know, a second or two mm-hmm. over this distance. A humongous breakthrough. And immediately after the race, she says to me, Coach, you got to teach me how to kick. <laughs> All, she she wasn't she wasn't happy that she had just run this incredible PR, gone step for step with a, with an Olympic trials qualifier. She was upset with herself that she got beaten, and that's that was the toughness that we were talking about, and just this incredible drive, and, and just to you know for that to just be taken away in this random act was was just horrible, and and then you know go forward a couple of years and and we have the situation with Nina where she's this just amazing person, all of this potential, just incredibly uh, selfless and community-oriented person. And it's still, you know, a year later, it's just really difficult to kind of get my mind around it. And I know I speak for the team that uh, this is the kind of thing that makes us realize how important the team is to each of us, Uh, that, that we had the privilege of having Nina as a teammate and Lauren is a teammate, and we want to honor them as we go forward. Um, and I'll also say that when uh, Kathy Dalby and Joanna first talked to me about, you know, maybe having a, a merger between Jersey and Pacers, uh, one of the things I said to them right at that first meeting was that we have this tradition that is just something that we're not willing to give up, which is that we're going to have the, these initials, these patches on our uniforms and whatever our new uniform looks like, there we got to have something on there for Nina and Lauren. And there was no hesitation whatsoever that absolutely, that's we're you know we buy into that a hundred percent. And that was when I realized that hey, this is a great this is a great match. That what's important to us is is important to Pacers, um, and, and you know that's that's an outfit we can work with. Well, you can find you can see the, their their stories and their legacies do live on. You can see their stories on the grcrunning.com website. Their legacies do live on, Jerry, and uh, you know you guys support uh, Nina's memorial scholarship, which contributes uh, to the goodwill of women's empowerment in the Middle East, which is really cool. Uh, also, um, on a more positive note, you guys have the, the Father's Day 8K, uh, which helps carry on Lauren's uh, legacy as, as uh, proceeds will uh, help uh, benefit Cade's Cove in memory of Lauren Woodall Roadley. And that's a, that partners with the Men's Health Network uh, to promote men's health and disease detection and prevention 
Uh, you can find that, fathersday8k.com. Uh, Cades Cove is looks to be a, uh, a Smoky Mountain National Park. We can all get behind that and supporting those national parks. So that's really cool, too. So the Father's Day 8K is something you guys have been a part of for a long time. Tell us about what you guys do for the Father's Day 8K. Well, the first thing I'll say, Chris, is that in the past, when we were an independent entity, we depended on the Father's Day 8K to fund our operations. Oh, okay. So we would make... Yeah, you know, a few thousand dollars from the race, and that was our budget for the year. Uh, now, thanks to the generosity of Pacers and New Balance, we don't need to rely on that money, and so that has given us the opportunity to donate the proceeds in Lauren's memory. So that's something that's, that's really, really cool. That's really special to us, and that's that's new this year. Um, as far as the race goes, uh, it's a real fun event. Uh, we do all sorts of, you know, uh, father-child type of stuff. There's mm-hmm. a kids' race. Uh, my son ran the kids race a few years ago. Uh, he won it. Nice. And since then he retired as undefeated. Oh, champion. come on. <laughs> once, He's a prodigy. Uh, yeah. Once he, uh, once he won, he, uh, he didn't want to have his, his legacy tarnished by losing. So <laughs> he came the next year and he kind of looked around and saw some kids that look like they're pretty fast. And he's like, ah, dad, I don't think I want to run this year. <laughs> so, uh, so he is the undefeated champion. That's great. Uh, is that how he but, got his uh, – um, he's already accepted to Columbia? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I noticed he's, he's yeah. class of, what, 2025? Yeah, that's right. That's uh-huh. right. Yeah, so there's a, there's a bidding war for him. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. But he signed he's, – he's basically committed to oh, yeah. Columbia. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but we're, we're still fielding offers. You know, Stanford's not out of the run. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we'll give them a chance. But, you know, they're, they're, uh, they're way behind in the clubhouse right now. Mm-hmm. That's the Father's Day 8K, which is June 19th. And it's at 8 a.m. And you guys do it on the uh, the towpath and, yes. and and Georgetown. Yeah. So that that is that's going to be a good event. And yep. Hopefully, nice. a lot of our listeners can go out and do that. Nice flat course. Soft surface. No doubt. Soft surface. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's, it's a good one. I wanted to ask you about a couple of your athletes. My wife Julie used to train with Francis Coons, who's now on the GRC team. How's she doing? Well, unfortunately, she's hurt right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so Francis. Qualified for the Olympic, competed in the Olympic trials in 2008 in the 1500, mm-hmm. 2012 in the 5000, and this year she was going to make it three in a row at either 5000 or 10,000 or both. And unfortunately, she's had just a crazy series of injuries in the last year. Um, her her start with GRC was really incredible. Uh, she came on board before the 2014 clubs cross country mm-hmm. which was at lehigh university which is basically her home course she grew up 10 minutes from there so she was really uh stoked to run up there and she had an amazing race she came in eighth in the race beat a bunch of national class girls and she qualified for the u.s team that competed at the great edinburgh cross country meet that january wow so she went over to scotland and ran an even better race she came in eighth in that race beat the reigning European cross-country champion, uh, was a third American. Unfortunately, during that race, she turned her ankle pretty good, and, mm-hmm. and since then, there's been a kind of a never-ending series of, of injuries. She's had some great races when she's been able to get healthy for a, for a few months at a time. She won Penn Relays last year at 5,000. Mm-hmm. She ran 33.17 for 10,000 on the track in her first uh, wow. track 10K. She ran some really fast road times this fall off of minimal training. She ran something like 34 flat for 10K at Veterans Day. Um, I think she ran 26.25 for 8K up in Philly 
um, at the uh, Rothman 8K. So she was getting into great shape. Uh, you know, we were really were quite confident that she was going to qualify for the trials. Um, even indoors, she'd get a 5,000, get into a fast 5,000 indoors, get her qualifying time, and then we could play around, see about a 10,000 outdoors. But there's just been this nagging series of injuries. So at this yeah. point, um, the trials is not happening for her, which is a shame, but she's looking forward. Um, and she's just going to keep and doing she's going to keep keep running. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. I, I also wanted to ask about uh, the guy who won the GW Parkway 10 miler was Carlos Jameson. An yes. eagle. He's a yes. AU eagle and, yeah. and sort of newish to the to program, too, right? Yeah. So Carlos, uh, he's another great story. So he was a guy that was a great track runner at American. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's run th- uh, 341 for 1500. So the guy's got a lot of speed. He is now moving up to the longer stuff on the roads. Uh, ultimately, he's going to be a marathoner. And he's this spring, he ran Cherry Blossom, GW Parkway, and Broad Street. Uh, Three 10-milers in a <laughs> row. Wow. Also ran uh, 10,000 on the track at Bucknell. He ran 29.34 in his wow. first reel, 10,000 on the track. And in that race, uh, this really showed me what Carlos has got as far as the mental toughness goes. So... It was much more competitive than we expected. We sort of thought that he was going to be able to win the thing easily, just kind of sit back and kick. Didn't turn out that way, and he got dropped at about 17 laps into it. So you still got eight laps to go. Uh, he got dropped, and he floated for a couple of laps, and it looked like he was done. Mm-hmm. And I fully expected him to drop out, which is what most people do in that situation. He got his head back in that race, and he closed the last 800 in 208, last 462. Wow. Now, if someone would have told me, hey, Carlos ran 29.34 and he closed in 208 and 62, I would have said, yeah, he won the race. He made right. his move with 800 <laughs> right. to go. He was not going to win the race no matter what he did. And he knew that, but he still finished, you know, like a champ. And and that really proved to me that this guy's got something in the tank. Um, and in that longer stuff, you know, speed always is an asset. Yep. Uh, and he is super dedicated to this, and he's already got his whole fall planned out, you know, down to the race. Um, he's going to be, he's going to run clubs for us, but his goal is going to be to break 103 at the Houston Half Marathon, and I wouldn't bet against him. Wow, that would be a GRC record. It sure would be. That's awesome. A um, couple other athletes you wanted to highlight, including Lindsay O'Brien. Yeah, so Lindsay, uh, O'Brien is her is her married name. She mm-hmm. was Lindsay Donaldson. Uh, it's a great GRC story about her. So Lindsay in college was a superstar. She ran at Yale, and she was a six-time All-American. Uh, give you an idea of the talent level we're talking about. She did not run until her senior year of high school. So her senior year, she ran cross-country and was immediately successful, qualified for high school nationals, and in fact, roomed with francis coons out at high school national so wow you know everybody knows each other right. in the running game it's, uh, yeah. it's a little bit scary how how much that is and you know julie could tell you that uh, for sure um so uh Lindsay's freshman year at yale this is her second year of running she came in sixth at d1 nationals in cross country wow. so the woman has been running for less than a year and a half and she goes out and comes in sixth in nationals her junior year, she was third at nationals, and the girls that beat her, one of them was Jenny Simpson. I'm trying to remember who the other one was. Uh, I don't want to say the wrong name, but we're talking about but another st- uh, stud, wow. national, you know, yeah. uh, world class athlete 
Um, in a normal year, Lindsay would have won. Uh, so she's a super, super talent. She graduated from Yale. She had some injury problems all throughout. Um, and she took some time off, like totally off. Did not run for three or four years. And so this might have been 2011 at Cherry Blossom. We had a pack of girls running, you know, in maybe the 62-minute range, so nothing uh, nothing to write home about. But, they, you know, they're running a solid race. And there's there's three of them together, and there's this girl running behind them the whole way <laughs> who I sort of vaguely recognize. And afterwards, one of our women, Susan Hendrick, comes over to me and says, Jerry, did you, did you see that girl that was running behind us? I said, yeah, I didn't know who she was. I said, well, that was Lindsay Donaldson. And she lives in D.C. now, and she wants to talk to you. That's awesome. <laughs> and I said, well, I would sure like to talk to her. So Lindsay came on board, and she was, she was also a three-time All-American in track. She was a miler, 5K runner. Uh, and she realized right away, she's now, at the time, she's maybe 26, 27, that the track PRs are not, you know, they're out of reach. She's never going to run that fast again at the shorter stuff. So she reinvented herself as a roadrunner. And since then, she had never run a 10,000 before. She has run 10,000 on the roads in like 34, 38. She ran 10 miles, I want to say 57, 50, something like that. Um, so she's become a really, really strong roadrunner. Um, she's going to make her marathon debut at some point. Uh, I think we've had her entered a couple of times and injuries have set her back. And now she's definitely not going to be running for a while because she's pregnant with her first child. Um, but she will be back, uh, and she's got Olympic Trials 2020 written all over her in the marathon. That's awesome. And she's also uh, an officer on the board at GRC. She does all sorts of stuff behind the scenes for us, uh, and she's just really a major part of our team. And you know, to have someone that good, that committed, that the other girls really look up to and respect, uh, it's just really a blessing to have her. Is the start line of the 2020 Women's Olympic Marathon Trials going to be exclusively GRC? <laughs> right. Or you think there'll be uh, other teams there? That. We, we might let a couple other people yeah. in. But we, we were talking about that right after the trials. We, uh, you, know, you were at the party with us, um, the Brooks party. Um, and I said to Kathy at the party, we need to have a New Balance party in 2020 <laughs> because we're going to have so many GRC people here. And I was talking to the girls. You know, who else is going to be with us? The two that were there for us this time. Uh, Teal Burrell and Emily Potter, they'll both be back. Yeah. It'll be Emily's fourth trials, and I'm, I'm already booking their tickets. They'll be there. Uh, and, and we're kind of going through who else is going to make it for us. And it's a pretty long list of people that we really feel like, you know, uh, if nothing goes wrong, it's almost guaranteed. Of course, you have to do it. It's right. easy to talk about it. Uh, but Stephanie Reich is one. She jumped into a half marathon a couple of weeks ago literally did not decide to run the race until the day before on a hilly course in Frederick, and she ran 115.45. Wow. The standard is 115. So she is, I mean, that's, that, that's a lock right there. Uh, and some of the other women, Carrie Allen had a great spring. She's going to make it. Frances Loeb is going to move up. She's going to make it. Uh, several, it's Kristen Johnson yep. will make it. Um, Julie uh, Tar. 
Tar- yep. Julie uh, Tarallo. I'm, I'm, I'm looking shot. at all these like 120 <laughs> yeah. half marathon. It's incredible. Yeah. Under tw- under 60 minutes in the in the 10 miles. So yeah, we got just got a whole bunch a real, of them. A real uh, deep team who we're really um, excited for, and uh, certainly there are a couple I'm forgetting, and I apologize to those of you who I'm. Well, not that's what happens you, when you make a list. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I make uh, lists all the time, and I forget. Oh, but too, uh, so. but yeah, though, the point is well taken, and yeah. we're this is something that we're serious about. Uh, qualifying people for the trials it's at our level that's as good as it gets and we're you know we're hell bent on being there yeah i don't know if you mentioned beth young but she's beth got young 249 yep. i mean the list is long yep she's another one um well i wanted to get you out of here on a couple of quick questions on uh we 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 had a few grc members on the program in the past including charlie ban uh, so is Charlie like an honorary member? Is he like a real member of the team? No, he's a real member. <laughs> okay, so he's, he's a, a real member. member. Okay, okay. He's out there doing the work. <laughs> okay. Charlie is a hard worker. All right, so you know he is. I'm giving him a little bit of a hard time because I know he'll listen. Dixon Mercer, another guy who, who does oh, a yeah. lot for uh, Run Washington. And, and, and let me say about Dixon, he's running Grandma's Marathon in a couple of weeks. Yeah. That guy is fit. Yeah. He ran a crazy workout last night. He's nice. in the best shape of his life. He's got a baby on the way. Yeah. And he's sort of seeing the. Uh, the <laughs> and that clock worked is for Karen. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's right. So uh, Dixon is thinking this uh, this could be his last real hard effort for a little while. And he is in amazing he's shape. Go. And we're looking at a big PR. So he doesn't just write about the runners. He actually no, gets out there. He's and out does there it doing too. it. Uh, we also had Karen O'Connor. There was some talk that. He never wore a shirt in workouts. Well, I mean, does is it like the middle of the winter and he's shirtless? Is that well? His claim to fame was running workouts in basketball shorts. Oh, basketball shorts. So, okay, yeah. I like that. Okay, his, yeah. His first. So Kieran's a, is another great story where he, on paper, was very uh, tenuous whether he was going to make the team or not. Mm-hmm. The first time he shows up, we're looking at this guy going, "Who? Who is this guy? He's got these long basketball shorts on." He hasn't done a track workout in years. I'm not sure he knew how far around the track was. <laughs> six months later, the guy comes in in the top 50 at clubs cross country. And six months after that, he broke 106 for a half marathon. Wow. Fast forward to Los Angeles, 2016. And here's a guy who we weren't sure was going to make the team comes in 24th in the Olympic trials. That's inc- it, it, it is really in- incredible. It was insane. <laughs> it's, it was it's insane. Incredible. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the power of positive thinking right there is that Kieran got it into his head. Of course, we knew it was going to be hot, right? And, which it was. Uh, and Kieran got it into his head that he's a good heat runner. Based on nothing. There was no objective <laughs> evidence to support this theory. Well, that he did that. He, didn't he do that? Uh, he ran in a riot in Egypt. That, yeah, in Egypt. So that seems like good. Yeah. Yeah. I think in Egypt it's more the smog that's the problem. <laughs> yeah, that's the true. Uh, but he had it in his head that he was a good heat runner and that the heat was going to be a benefit to him. And he believed it enough that it became true. And there were national class guys all over the place, just literally falling over on the side of the road. And he's charging ahead uh, with about a mile to go. He's in 26th place. And I saw him. I'm screaming at him. You got to pass one guy. You're going to get into the top 25. And he pulls up on this guy, Tim Ritchie, who is a sub four minute miler, who's run every single one of Tim Ritchie's PRs are so much better than Kieran's. It's not even they're not even in the same ballpark. And yet, Kieran kicked him down and beat him, came in 24th place. It was simply amazing. Well, that's awesome. You uh, can hear Dixon on episode 38, and then we, of course, had uh, Kieran on episode 30, 
or I'm sorry, episode 40. So uh, those two were great, uh, great interviews here that we had on Pace the Nation. Um, finally, I, I thought for a while that you did the Instagram page, which I think is really good. But uh, I don't even know what Instagram is. <laughs> yeah, right? I'm, not, I'm not the guy to do that. <laughs> but it's Carrie Allen who does a fabulous job on the uh, the Instagram page. So you really do have a great supporting board. Who who else is on the board for you guys? So our president is Sam Luff. Okay, he's one of our top guys. Uh, he's a twenty nine thirty seven ten k guy, and he is running Grandma's Marathon. It's going to be his debut. Uh, and we're expecting something really good from him. Our other male board member is Sean O'Leary. He's a young guy from this area. Montgomery County legend. Everybody in Montgomery County knows Sean O'Leary. He's got the blazing red hair. And he's at, he runs all the time. So if you're driving around Montgomery County, there's Sean on the side of the road yeah. going for a <laughs> yeah. run. Uh, and our other uh, women on the board is Lindsay O'Brien, Kerry Allen, and Maura Carroll, who ran at Cornell with Sam. Uh, she's a great talent. She's moving up to the longer stuff on the roads and we're expecting great things from her. She may be at the trials in 2020 as well. She's definitely got the ability. Uh, and you know, we're, we're looking at great things from her as she develops. So between all of them have demanding jobs, they train a whole lot and put all this time into the board. Uh, it's really amazing the contribution that they've made. That's awesome, man. Well, we can find you on the track. Where's, where's the next races for you guys coming up? Uh, so we've got a couple of people running the road mile out in Loudoun County on Monday. Okay. Um, and then the next big thing is grandmas. So we've got several athletes running grandmas marathon. Uh, we're really looking forward to that. We've got a small group that's going to go up to USATF Club Outdoor Championships, which is at Franklin Field at Penn this year. Um, Phil Royer, who has been our top uh, guy at 5K for a couple of years, he's going to go up there. Uh, hopefully we'll win the thing. So we're we're really uh, we're really excited about that. Well, that's awesome. Well, we can follow them and all all that they do. Really cool blog on the GRC website. Again, it's grcrunning.com and it's frequently updated. Uh, again, we've got a Father's Day 8K June 19th that listeners should come out and participate in. Great cause, really cool event, and uh, follow them at the at, at all these races coming up. All right, Jerry. Well, really appreciate you joining us. Look forward to uh, you know having you back in the future and giving us an update as uh, you know we get to the, the fall races and all the marathons. You got all these women and, and guys running in the in the future. I'll do it, Chris. And you know the problem with me is not getting me started. It's getting me to shut up. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right, there he goes. That's Jerry Alexander, head coach of the GRC, sponsored by Pacers Running and New Balance, the racing team. And he's joined us here on Pace the Nation. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back after this. All right, thanks again to Jerry Alexander uh, for joining us today in studio. Uh, You can find the Georgetown Running Club on Twitter. It's at GRC underscore race underscore team. Uh, you can also find them on Facebook and Instagram, although I'll probably be the only one finding them there. <laughs> or, or maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, not all of our listeners are going to take a summer hiatus. Yeah, that's true. Joanna, yeah. don't underestimate your influence. <laughs> <laughs> Great to have Jerry join us. A lot of awesome stuff the Georgetown Running Club is doing. So now that we're finally talking about running, 
Uh, let's let's talk about uh, what's happening here in, in with the weather and uh, with our own personal running. Uh, Joanna, are you still on your streak of every day of 2016? I am. Mm-hmm. Wow, that is a big update. Yeah, still going strong. How's it going? Um, I mean, I'd really like to retire for the summer. <laughs> right. It's uh, as we record here. It's May 26. 92 degrees. Yeah, and it was it was hot today. Yeah, 90% humidity this morning at 5:30 when I went for my run. Wow. So you but you but you did get up this morning and do your run. You're you're consistently doing your morning runs. Mhm. It's got to be much better though than it was this afternoon. Docs, did you run in the afternoon today? I haven't run yet. All right. Well, I think it's it's today as we sit here on Thursday, like I said May 26. I think it did get to 90 today. Mhm. So, we do recommend uh Joanna's running uh regimen of of you know five in the morning i ran yesterday at three o'clock and probably had my worst run of the year uh because it was just a shock to the system you know being since it was raining and then all of a sudden we're right into to the the middle of what feels like the middle of summer so uh i'd say do what joanna does early early morning runs even as hot as it was this morning it's way better than it is in the afternoon uh, Docs, how's your how's your training going for uh, Marine Corps? Well, I'm not training for Marine Corps yet. Oh, you're training to train for Marine Corps. Mm-hmm. That's right. How's your training to train for Marine Corps going? Yeah, it's all right. Okay. He's very cryptic <laughs> about his training. Uh, any good runs this past week? Nah. Not really? <laughs> nah. Injuries? Uh, no injury problems? I mean, I I have one that's that's just been nagging that I'm... You know, I got to go see the doctor, but I'm okay. um, still doing what I'm doing. All right. Well, good. Uh, well, we, as we uh, have said, we are going to run Marine Corps as a group. I kind of feel like Docs is doing like secret training yeah. and come race day, he's just going to blow past both of us. Right. Yeah, I think he's going to be well. Secret training? Well into the yeah, you never sub talk three about hour it. category. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's, he's, he's very... Uh, cryptic and and kind of downplaying what he's been doing running wise oh and just running wise (laughs) yeah that's everything else actually open book actually that's true that's pretty consistent with his personality so i shouldn't be surprised well i um have been running thanks for thank you guys for asking um you don't need to be prompted to talk about yourself well it was it's it's been uh, actually you know as is Tough as has been to sell shoes at the store, actually, the, the rain has been pretty good for, for running for me in the past month. And hopefully that's the case with our listeners, too. Um, I feel like uh, we got off the hook easy for May because May can be like 90 degrees all all month long. And uh, we, we had some really cool days. So I feel like I got some good runs in after the Boston Marathon and gearing back up, doing some longer runs. Uh, doing one tempo run a week and hopefully be uh, ready to, to, to go uh, for some fall races, including Marine Corps. Do you uh, know what May's known for? Uh, April showers and May flowers. That's exactly what I was going for. Yeah. 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 What a disappointment that yeah. you got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I nailed that. Uh, but I feel like it's going to be uh, May showers and June flowers. You can check out a number of Good articles in the latest Run Washington magazine. It's entitled DC Humidity, the worst of Washington running. And there's a question mark behind that. 
And I would say to the editor and the publisher of the magazine, I'd say there's no question mark needed uh, in that. It, it, it really is, to me, and I know, Joanna, you'd probably agree, the worst part of, of running is the D.C. humidity. I would agree. But to put a positive spin on it, remember what Coach Centrowitz told right. Carrie that humidity training is better than altitude training. Yeah, that that he did say that. That's yeah. true. So we just have to get through the summer and we'll be super fit come fall. That's true. Uh, so it really is probably two bad months. You know, I think it's it's July and August. Uh, I, I feel like somehow we get through May and and the official start of summer is in May, right? No, it's in June. Oh, it's in June. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I feel like we get through May. And you mean June. the summer solstice? Mm-hmm. Isn't it usually June fifth? Um, I think it's usually around June twenty second. Yeah, I thought mm-hmm. it was like the twenty twentieth something of the every month is when the seasons change. Well, because I've always said, and and it is my mom's birthday is June fifth, which okay. is why I always do that. But then when people say today was the longest day, and I'm like, you mean June fifth? Wow. Oh, because you're because you're, of the summer yeah. solstice. So even if they say it's the longest day, right? Yeah, like if they say that in November, then so I'm you're like, taking it in a literal sense. Mm-hmm. Got it? You mean the summer solstice? Right. That's pretty funny. <laughs> well, now, now that <laughs> that he'll share, he'll share that. He won't share anything about his running, but he'll share that. Uh, but no, I think once you get through May and June, you have two bad months uh, that that you can get some serious good training in for uh, the fall. So. Uh, check out the Run Washington uh, magazine. It's in all the Pacers running stores, and it talks about D.C. humidity. And I think there's some really cool, good articles in there about it. All right, guys, this week in the news. All the news that matters to the hosts that hopefully is running-related. I mentioned a uh, marathon that was canceled 10 days before the actual race. Any guesses why it was canceled? You go first. Mm, weather? 10 days before? It okay. was in Minneapolis. Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the Minneapolis Marathon. I mean, the, the obvious thing would be because the course was not 26.2 miles. That's yeah, pretty close. But couldn't they just add on to it then? <laughs> That's pretty pretty close. Uh, they actually they had their permits denied. Oh, permits! So had a the the race was set to go June fifth, and longest day of the year. They <laughs> is that the <laughs> that's the summer solstice. The twenty four hundred registered actually, runners. Actually, uh, as I said before, June 5th is my mom's birthday. Yes. That is the longest day of the year because my mom celebrates her birthday for like a week or a month. <laughs> so that's what makes that day the longest day of the year. Well, they uh, aren't going to be running the race on the longest day of the year. The 2,400 registered runners are not going to run on June 5th. And At all? No. Well, they, they tried to do a an alternate route about 20 no, but miles I mean, they're, south. They're not allowed to run on their own? <laughs> no, they could they could probably run. There's a lot of daylight to run that day, so they probably could, they probably will. Remember when the New York City Marathon was canceled because of the hurricane? Yes. There was a lot of impromptu marathons there in were. Central Park yeah. and whatnot. Maybe there will be some of those uh, yeah. out there in Minneapolis. Yeah. But uh, the, the race director said that problems due to circumstances beyond their control offered a full $95 registration fee refund and 25% discount on future races. So they're trying to make it good. 
Wait, so they're going to get all of their money back and in the future, like, as many raises as they want a 25% discount? Yeah, it doesn't or necessarily just one, say that. They, it's like a coupon they can use once? It looks like it's just a one-time coupon. Coupon? Coupon. <laughs> so the U before the O in that word? <laughs> so uh, if you're running the Minneapolis Marathon, you could find another. Unfortunately, you're going to have to find another marathon. Uh, also in the news, uh, kind of uh, a sad story, uh, Mel Williams passed away. He's an accomplished marathoner who was 78 years old when he died this past week. He finished 38 Marine Corps marathons in a row from 1976 to 2013. So he was uh, he was a local legend and was part of the uh, Tidewater Striders. And, which is one of the largest local running clubs in the country. And he was uh, also in the Marine Corps Marathon Hall of Fame and uh, well-known around the Northern Virginia, D.C. area for, for doing a number of races. I saw a number of pictures this week with Mel and, and uh, old-time pictures of him and Marine Corps Marathon race director Rick Nealis, among uh, other pictures of Mel this week. So kind of a sad story, kind of a running legend uh, passed away this uh, past week. Do you think that the BAA 5K will have a Hall of Fame? You want to be in it. That's what I'm angling for. Yeah. Yeah. Um, How many in a row do you have? Um, all of them. Yeah, all of them. So I have eight now. Do you know if anybody else has run in all of them? I really want to ask because they ask that every year when you register how many uh -huh. you've done. And yeah. I would really like to know if there's other people that are. Man, I bad. feel like for 10, they'll definitely have some sort of uh, something. You'd hope so. Yeah. It's too bad uh, we didn't interview somebody from the BAA who could find that out for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, like works I, in communication. I'm yeah. not sure if they would have an answer she's looking for at this point. I mean, it's, you know, less than 10 years old. Come on. Fine. We'll wait for the 10-year anniversary mm -hmm. and we'll see. A millennial looking for instant instant yeah. uh, gratification. Well, uh, here's someone who's not a millennial. This guy is my idol, though. It's Eugene Kahn. You say that like a millennial should be your idol. No, that's <laughs> true. He's 100 years old. So what's that make him? 100 um, years old? And Wait. Centurion. Centurion? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, he is my idol. Uh, he turned uh, 100 last November, but uh, he's still exercising three days a week in the Boston Sport and Health Club, uh, which I th think is amazing. It's not this isn't necessarily running related. But he should go race against that, that woman at three relays. Actually, that's a good point. Uh -huh. I, I feel like... I feel like he would uh, break take, world record. Take her. <laughs> um, so he, he that was this week in Arlington. Now it's Eugene Kahn, and it shows him in pictures in Arlington. Now, you know, doing weights. Uh, looks like he's on uh, walking on the treadmill and other uh, you know other exercise machines there. There at uh, the Arlington Boston uh, Sport and Health. So my idol in the news this week, Eugene Kahn. It's your idol of the week? Yeah. Well, Justin Timberlake last week, Eugene Kahn this week. So, Joanna, what's going on in Navy Yard? Is that a new segment? I mean, there's really nothing going on in Navy Yard right now. All right. Boring. Uh, what's going on in your transportation stories? <laughs> um, I did have some interesting Ubers this week. 
All right. So in one Uber, um, the girl that that got in, Brittany, was on her way to the hospital because her best friend was in labor Uh and she wanted to bring her food. And I was like, oh, you can't can't do that. (laughs) Got to wait until after. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Would she bring her ice chips? She she could bring food? her ice chips. Yeah, well, you can have food. You can have ice chips. You, yeah, they okay. they eat ice chips. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she, I felt bad because she was in an Uber pool, and they mm-hmm. were dropping me off first. And I'm pretty yeah. sure we were not. I mean, you you have to be going in the general same direction, but you know, we're meandering through the city to drop me off first. Right. So I felt kind of bad. But that's Uber pool. So I mean, yeah. And then the other Uber pool that I had this week was with the creepiest person I've possibly ever gotten into an Uber pool with. Um, and he now knows where I live, which is also really freaky. Um, he would not stop talking about how Uber pool is the new Tinder and uh-huh. that we could very well be soulmates. Mm. And you didn't tell him that you're swiping left on this, uh, <laughs> yeah. Ryan, well, which one, which one does it go left I think or right? It's left. I think if, if it, you're, if you're not think, interested, it's left. Yeah. I think it's left too. Yeah. Um, but he also, well, he got in the car and the entire car smelled when he got in of cigarette smoke very strongly like he was clearly a smoker uh-huh. and to the point where i really wanted to ask if i could just open a window because it was so overwhelming so i knew right off the bat we weren't soulmates he's a smoker right, right. i, well, I would have just opened the window why would you i don't because we were want to ask because well, we were on 395 so we're on a highway uh-huh. so I, I i don't know some people don't like windows open on highways uh-huh. i like to be a good passenger but you should have you should have taken a more scientific approach to this and asked him what percent girls does this pickup line work with <laughs> i don't think and she I, wanted to really engage him in no but further. you say you say oh i'm we're definitely not going out but now you've piqued my curiosity <laughs> uh how how often does this work because i i'm feeling like the numbers of are low i, I would i would probably think so i should have taken the science mm-hmm. but i didn't take no I, I think you played it right there i don't think you want to engage in this conversation she didn't, she didn't play it right because she went to her <laughs> real address you should have updated your your destination by a block well and i tried to because i i always tell uber drivers like uh oh stop at the um speed bump and that's fine uh-huh. so when i got out of the car i started walking kind of away from my house yeah. but the car wouldn't move mm-hmm. and yeah. i don't know what if they were having conversation but i was like Can you guys he's like-, like i'll give you five bucks if you let me see which door she go- <laughs> my soulmate goes into <laughs> Well, luckily I have two dogs, so... Well, in this case, again, like, Joanna always gets in trouble in her Ubers and never texts me. Uh, <laughs> but in this case, I would have recommended that you walk around the block and go in through the alleyway. I should I should have done that. Mm-hmm. He does always have the answers. Mm-hmm. Docs. All right. Next time I'm in an Uber and I'm having troubles, I will text him. Joanna, you should do the same. And if any of our listeners have trouble, yeah, maybe they text, should too. Text yeah. This sounds like a new service that you could offer. Yeah. It's a big business. Yeah. Could be for them. Yeah, I'm sure it pays. Um, <laughs> and that's just your two, those two Uber rides or anything else? No. Any Metro stories? Um, no, I don't have any weird Metro stories. Mm-hmm. Although that's I don't, surprising. well, I don't think that I actually mentioned on the show about the woman who cut off a little piece of my hair on the Metro. Right, that was last week. Yeah, that was last week, uh-huh. but I don't think I talked about it on the show. You know what she did? She she snipped uh, your hair and put it in a, a love potion and Smokey bought it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> this really happened? This, I she texted, texted us. Oh, oh yeah. God. There's so many texts that I just can't keep up. <laughs> That's why I'm, you need to get off of your other social media. Sometimes I'm like, I, can you just tell me what time the show is? That's all <laughs> I need to know from you guys. No, I'm kidding. I do enjoy some stories. Not all stories, but some um, stories. I don't know why that would be a piece of information you need because you're constantly changing the time we record. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's and the point. days. That's a good point. Of course, this great podcast that was on time today is sponsored by Pacers Running. Pacers Running with five area D.C. locations. Pacers Running is for every run. We also have a location in Princeton, New Jersey. So our New Jersey listeners, go check out the Princeton store there on 7 Palmer Square. All right, guys. I think we ended the show on a positive note. Yeah. There's more positivity by the end of the show. My positivity was up, but it wasn't 100%. <laughs> no? Okay. No, but it's, good. it's still good for me to have, like, a little bit. All right. Well, we'll try to do better <laughs> next week. Uh, thanks to Jerry Alexander, the head coach of the Georgetown Running Club, which, of course, is sponsored by Pacers Running and New Balance, for joining us today here in studio. Great to hear about Jerry's story and a number of his runners. Thanks to the listeners. Again, keep spreading the good word about Pace the Nation. You enjoy the program? Tell five of your closest friends, please. Uh, thanks to you guys. My trusty co-hosts, William E. Docs, Joanna e. Russo. I'm Chris Farley. This is Pace the Nation. We'll see you next week. brutally attacked this morning oh sorry by a bird in a bush that has a nest i guess it was really it was like it was like the birds it was like swooping down and so i thought i'd like walked far enough away and then it like puffed itself up and then like came straight at us like a line drive all right i'm not gonna tell any stories (laughs) what what would have been the right reaction i don't know i just thought it was weird have you ever been attacked by a bird before I should also mention that when I was a child, I really did not like Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds when I saw it. Mm-hmm. And my parents were not the type to coddle me, so they would allow me to sleep. Don't in... waste tears. Yeah. Well, I could sleep in the corner of their room on a pillow. For real? That's what they let me How do. How old were you? Um, I mean, I was too old to like, I didn't, I don't think I wanted to like climb in bed with them, but I was mm-hmm. really, I didn't want to sleep alone. So they mm-hmm. let me sleep on a pillow in the corner of the room. I was like seven. Mm-hmm. I was just like really freaked out. Interesting. And now, now birds are attacking me. Mm-hmm. So, so you were right to be scared. Mm-hmm. <clears throat>
But that's all. I'm just, I'm not going to tell any stories. 